dimensional, transforming, musical, linguistic objects. Greetings from Cyberdelic Space. I'm Lorenzo and I'm your host here in the Psychedelic Salon. We've got something a little different for you today. It's a recording of a talk that Christian Rosh gave at the Mayan Ruins in Palenque, Mexico. And if you go to our website, palenquenorte.org, that's P-A-L-E-N-Q-U-E-N-O-R-T-E.org, and click on Christian's name, you'll see some pictures that my friend Richard Reset took while Christian was speaking. Now, if you were ever there for one of Christian's tours, you'll remember that this was no ordinary Palenque tour. You know, Christian wasn't in for much of the regulation tour guide stuff. So if you're thinking about maybe exploring the Palenque ruins yourself one day, you might want to load this program on your iPod. Have your own personal tour guide while you're there. Now, just to put this talk in a little better context, I, I should mention the Entheobotany conferences for those of you who haven't heard about these now somewhat mythical conferences. To be honest, once Terence McKenna got sick and stopped attending, these conferences at Palenque just kind of lost their steam, I think. But at their zenith, uh, I'll tell you, these intimate little psychedelic gatherings of a hundred or so people uh, had to at least have personally introduced well over a thousand tribe members to one another and and to some of the leading luminaries of the day, psychedelic luminaries that is. Anyhow, these conferences were, were magical and mystical, no doubt about that. Last time uh, one of them was held was in January of 2001, and on Sunday of the first week, uh, I think it was January 14th, Christian Rash conducted his next-to-the-last visit to the ruins. And uh, I shouldn't say his next-to-last visit, the next-to-last visit tour for an Entheobotany conference. How is that to be more specific? Anyhow, this recording was made by my friend Matt Palomary, who's the author of Land Without Evil, which I highly recommend you read if you have and uh, he did this on a little handheld cassette tape recorder, so it, it isn't studio quality, but if you've ever heard Christian in person, you're going to recognize that this is true Palenque quality. So let's listen now to Christian Rash tell us something about what the Lacandone people know and think about Palenque. So, okay, I just start. Uh, I see. You can record and photograph me uh, everything. <laughs> I'm totally uh, uh, exhibitionist. Not yet. Try <laughs> <laughs> to throw joints uh, on a stage when I give it. <laughs> but I, I always uh, don't take them uh, no. in that moment because I never work when I'm stoned. So I'm. I'm very sober this uh, afternoon. Bahenetsoyin. <laughs> yeah, nobody else you can even detect what language that was. <laughs> of course. Uh, in uh, the people who really link to this place are still alive. And some of them you can see out there. It's the Lacandone Indians, the ones with the long hair and the white tunic. And um, 
you say hello in their language, you describe the weather situation. There is no uh, way to say hello. You say, ah, nechakorkin. For example, it's very hot today. And uh, that's very interesting. Kin uh, is uh, a word that applies to the sun, to the day, and to the diviner. And uh, the sun is very important <coughs> in this place. There is uh, a temple of the sun over there. And um, if it's raining, oh, there's a lot of water. And uh, so there is no way, like we say, uh, hello, nice to see you. You can say, it's very nice that I see you again. Uh, but um, that's dif dif different from our words. And so what I uh, want to tell you about is what uh, this little group of Indians, it's approximately 500, still know and think of this place. I'm not an archaeologist. I don't go with you around <coughs> say, yeah, you see this temple and this temple and that temple and because that is so totally super boring. <laughs> and, and it has no meaning at all. The ones who have been here before, they already captured uh, the strong magic of this place. So the ones who, who haven't he been here before? Oh, it's just a few. Well, for uh, archaeology, uh, this place was built uh, between the 3rd and the 10th century. And then it was abundant. And nobody knows why. And uh, because it's so strange that they abandoned such a fantastic big area. Uh, there is a lot of theories that are put on these ruins and onto this spot. And nobody knows what is true. It's even not known what language the people uh, living and working here did speak. We don't know. There is, uh, uh, some people think it's the Chol language that is uh, the m main spoken language by the native people living around here now. Can you ask a question? You said between the 3rd and the 10th century, is it before Christ? Or? No, after. Otherwise, it would be the 10th to the 3rd. Just for that to make sure. So, um, uh, you can, if you look at uh, the um, temples and palaces and uh, whatever they call it, you can find hieroglyphs. The Mayan hieroglyphic writing uh, is supposedly um, deciphered. I doubt it. Because uh, the uh, so-called experts on deciphering that uh, um, script do not speak any Mayan language. 
And uh, that is typical in scholarship that you don't know anything. <laughs> Unless you do it by yourself. That refers also to the bioassay stuff Jonathan talked about last night. So, um, the hieroglyphic writing may be uh, similar in the way to use as the Chinese use, because you can use the same writing uh, with different languages. And um, I think, from what I learned from the uh, native people I lived with, that um, this was a multilingual place, like uh, the village of Palenque is today. Have you been uh, to uh, downtown? I mean, to this one road. <laughs> uh, you can meet um, uh, different uh, Mayan-speaking people, like the Chol, they're living around here, the Lacandons, they live in the deep jungle. Uh, you can meet uh, people from Yucatan, the real Maya, the only group who calls themselves Maya. You can meet Saltal and Satsil. So it's, uh, it's at least five different ethnic groups. And then, of course, you can meet the tourists and the freaks and the hippies and <laughs> so on um, uh, to meet in this area. And uh, I think that's uh, pretty much the model uh, for this place, that this was not a city, it was a meeting point, uh, it was a university, uh, it was uh, a ritual place, and uh, it was a healing place. And that uh, people of different uh, Mayan languages came here for either doing rituals or get healing or get uh, advice by diviners and astrologers and so on. And um, the archaeology tells something like that, that it was a big, big thing. <laughs> and um, nowadays, all these different ethnic groups use Spanish as uh, the lengua franca. Uh, and uh, I don't know what uh, m they may have used in old times, but they have to have, because uh, we have a language group of uh, at least 23 uh, different languages called the Mayan linguistic family. And um, then we also have a certain style here, like pyramids and uh, the way uh, the buildings are set up and so, and um, uh, the artwork that's uh, called always Mayan and, and if you look at books of archaeology, oh everything is Mayan from uh, the north of Yucatan until San Salvador um, but uh, that's an art style and art style is not necessarily connected to linguistics and to ethnic groups. Look at European art history. You have an art style uh, in uh, every century or so. And, uh, for example, Art Nouveau, you can find in Germany, in Czechoslovakia, in uh, France, even in Mexico. And they all totally different, but the style is uh, very similar. So from the style, we cannot... Uh, uh, find out what ethnic group was here. <coughs> and um, so there is a lot of speculation. And if you read uh, the literature of um, um, 
linguists and of archaeologists, everything is different. And every time they dig out another temple, uh, the whole theory has to change because then they found something else. And so, and, um, so uh, this is the perfect place to dream up your dream. What you want to see in it. What you want to feel in it. How you want to use it. And uh, I just um, uh, will go into the Lacan Downs perspective because it, to me, it most likely is that they are the people of this place. <coughs> and um, it is because they still come here they have a mythology about all the buildings. They know which temple is dedicated to which god or goddess. Well, they uh, always think in pairs. There is uh, no uh, virginity and stuff. Uh, they always in pairs, uh, in couples, the gods and goddesses. And uh, they have... Uh, a huge amount of explanation for this site and that is so amazing that I want to give you a, a little bite of it because the whole thing to tell takes hours so uh, first of all Palenque is the navel of the world and that's why so much magic spreads out if you have never been here, you will feel at least in a couple of days. And uh, what I and many other uh, colleagues and friends and people feel is this is a place where you really get horny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's really true. Uh, it, and it's amazing. Uh, you will feel it in three days at least. <laughs> and um, uh, I, I think uh, they choose actually this place because there is some kind of magic or energy or whatever we can tell, uh, tell it. I have no idea what it is. I just uh, feel it. And um, I really hope you will feel it, especially if you go by yourself through the place and uh, absorb whatever it is. Maybe it's just imagination, it's maybe just fantasy, or it's just the tropical climate. Uh, I don't know. And uh, so because we don't know much we, uh, of uh, this place, uh, I mean, the historic story of it uh, is written in some of the hieroglyphic uh, tables and so that, uh, that is so boring stuff. It's, it only says, oh yeah, this and that ruler uh, was there, and then this and that ruler came, and I mean, nothing about the culture. It's total boring shit. <laughs> and it doesn't say anything about cosmology or mythology or uh, science and so on. And um, But from smaller findings, we've uh, got out of uh, some tombs here and uh, so on, uh, it's very clear it uh, was a kind of uh, 
conscious center and uh, that is because this is the place where the gods were born and so according to the Lacandon mythology right there uh, in, in front of uh, the so-called palace and in front of the so-called temple of uh, inscriptions there uh, is the place where the whole thing started it was Ka-Koch Yetulak that means it was two uh, Hawla monkey with his wife they were just there because nobody can explain where anything comes from I mean they have no Big Bang Theory and even if they had I mean the Big Bang Theory is so stupid <laughs> to me. I mean where the Big Bang comes from from some fireworks <laughs> so um, it was this couple it was just there and there was only sand so they uh, were, were really bored and they were sitting there and thought oh maybe we should create something and then just out of nothing came two plants and they planted them there it's the tuberose the night hyacinth it's, uh, it's a very beautiful plant with uh, white flowers and uh, in the evening uh, the flowers pour out the most beautiful perfume it's enchanting uh, have, have anybody uh, smelled it? Is that the same as the night blooming jasmine? No, 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 no. The night blooming jasmine is uh, so strong. No, this uh, it, it's it's a plant you cannot find in the forest. You only find it uh, with Indians who cultivate it. And uh, that plant um, is super sacred for them because that's the plant where the gods and goddesses were born from. So. Uh, Kakach planted one and his wife planted one and uh, then uh, it uh, went into blossom and uh, then out of the blossoms came the first three gods uh, from the plant uh, Kakach planted and the wife uh, the other one the uh, companions came out so they were sitting on uh, the flowers and got bored again three and three so they thought oh maybe we should mate and of course they did and um, well there came some offspring of uh, some other gods and so and um, so uh, they were sitting there oh what should we do oh why don't we create the world maybe you get this in some acid trips or so if <laughs> <laughs> you don't know and they, uh, then they uh, uh, were thinking oh what to do they didn't really want to leave the flower because of this beautiful smell and they love the smell so much and they are actually nourished by smell so um, then they thought uh, okay let's do something it's like for ch children thinking of creating some stuff so um, they jumped off the flowers into the sand 
And suddenly there were some little stones, like, you know, like this. So one of the gods took the stone, threw it on the sand, and the stone turned into a mushroom. And he used more stones and threw it out, and uh, there were mushrooms on the sand. But then these mushrooms turned into trees and the forest started and uh, the earth got uh, not so uh, how do you say wet I don't know uh, more, uh, it wasn't that soft like sand it was more firm, firm and uh, so this whole jungle started from the mushrooms we don't know what kind of mushroom that was. It, uh, it's just mushroom. And um, maybe it was uh, one of the more important ones, like the fly garrick, which is called keep loom. That means the light of the earth. Did you know the fly garrick, Amanita muscaria? And, um, well, I go into that back <laughs> when I do my little other thing on smoking. And um, so then um, uh, the gods and goddesses collected clay and they made little dolls and they just uh, blew them like this. You may have seen that in magical ceremonies or shamanic stuff that you blew on something. Um, even in, in folkloric things in Europe, uh, if a child has some pain, you blew on them, it goes away, it flies away, or so. And um, then they came, became alive, and people were created. And uh, there was not a single animal around. But uh, then there was another plant, and I was not able to find the place exactly where it uh, grew in the very beginning, and that is um, a night jasmine, Cestrum nocturnum. It's a selenaceous plant, a nightshade plant. We even call it nightshade plant. And it also uh, uh, put out some perfume in the night. And from that tree was uh, the uh, Lord of Death born with all his family already. Uh, and um, so we have two different plant species which caused the birth of the gods. And uh, the Lord of Death who came out of the blossom of Cestrum uh, Nocturnum, he built his house there. This one that pyramid there is his house. Uyatoch Kisin is the Lacandon name for it. Of course, the, no, no archaeologist knows of that because nobody speaks anything else than Spanish or English. And um, so he wanted to create people and did but uh, the main gods and goddesses saw it and they turned them in shape and so uh, and then when they came alive they turned into all the animals living in uh, the forest like 
jaguars and uh, wild cats and tapirs and uh, uh, monkeys and everything. So he was really pissed. And then later, uh, that's a long story, but later he uh, uh, thought he should cause death to people because he was so fucked up that his people turned into animals. Well, we never know. And the gods, uh, when they uh, finished um, modeling uh, these clay puppets uh, of human beings, when they washed their hands, the uh, remnants of uh, the clay was still on the hand. And in, in getting them off, they created all the shit we have to deal with, like snakes and tarantulas <laughs> and mosquitoes and uh, uh, all, all the bloodsuckers and, uh, you know, everything which is uh, not so nice to us. Ticks and chiggers and so and Because, uh, like, when you roll off the clay, it looks like a little snake and little pieces turn into whatever wasp and so so all uh, the um, uh, poisonous animals were created by the gods. And so uh, they thought, oh shit, what did we do to our people? So then uh, they uh, caught them all and put them in a gourd. And they sent one guy uh, to the ocean and uh, they said just dump it into the ocean so it will be gone away like um, people think you can dump an atom atomic bomb into the ocean and then it's gone but it's not of course and uh, the main god said oh don't open it even if you hear strange noises I mean have you ever had all these insects and stuff there's strange kind of sound coming out but the uh, guy who uh, was in charge was so eager to know what is in it, he thought, well, if I lift it a little bit, <laughs> then uh, I can see and then I put back the tent. So he did, but everything just went out like a volcano. And uh, they all went on his back and bite him so much and he run uh, to uh, um, put himself into a, um, a swamp uh, but he got bitten very bad and uh, because of that he turned into the toad that is the origin story of the toad and the toad was uh, be later became a very important animal in Mayan art and uh, uh, ceremony, uh, 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 religion, and so on. And um, there is many places you can find uh, complete toad skeletons deposited into uh, uh, ritual vessels used for the ceremonial inebriating drink the Lacandons still use until today and uh, is, there is also some reports that uh, they use the toad to uh, booster the drink or to give it more power or um, in Lacandon uh, the word for 
uh, strongness of a drug and for poison is the same. It's yuck. <laughs> yuck. I think you use that in American English nowadays, mm -hmm. okay. but for something else, of course. And um, they had these vessels, it's like beakers, this big, with uh, mythological uh, paintings on it. There were many found here, and that's the reason I think this was a main ceremonial center. And they put the toad inside. And uh, when they put the beaker into a ritual deposit, what is very common, it's usually outside the site in a case. There's caves everywhere, and you can find a lot of pottery and uh, bones and teeth and uh, skulls and so on. Um, then um, maybe this drink that is made out of a tree called Baiche with honey, it's fermented, and with some other ingredients, like the toad, they drank it for maybe for visionary quest or whatever. It's uh, not so easy uh, to tell what really was going on here. We only can guess. So <coughs> that was how the toad came in, and uh, I'm sure you all, uh, heard uh, Jonathan's talk last night about bufotnine and so. Uh, no, last afternoon was. And um, I think that this string called Baiche, that uh, names only uh, means a fermented drink with some additives, uh, served in the Mayan uh, culture uh, the same as ayahuasca uh, did and does in the Amazon. And it's like a ritual drink uh, where you add some stuff to, and maybe some uh, herbs to heal somebody, or some um, uh, herbs to make them stronger and put the toads in and so. And um, it's still a chemical miracle. I, I did a lot of collection and uh, we did some analysis uh, uh, of uh, the drink and the tree used for it and so on, and but it's still not clear what it really is and how it really works. And um, uh, it, from the archaeological evidence here, it's totally clear that uh, the um, uh, people who stayed in this place used that drink uh, in uh, all different ways and um, like nowadays uh, the Mayan groups who are left uh, they do it uh, purposely especially for healing or to thank the gods that they healed somebody so for example uh, if um, my mother is really seriously sick I uh, prepare the drink, offer it to uh, uh, different gods and goddesses who I found out by divination which one is uh, responsible or so, and then the community uh, uh, gets together and drink it together and all uh, the people get the same amount to get high and so, 
and uh, also to bind the um, people together. And uh, then uh, I can, uh, during the ceremony, when everybody is getting really whatever, um, I do some incense burning, and uh, with uh, the fumes coming up, I put my words and what I want. For example, I just say, Oh, dear gods and goddesses, please come, see, look after my mother, hear her, tell me what is wrong, and so on. Uh, the prayers uh, are not uh, standardized. You don't buy a book and, oh, oh, I have to do it this way and that way, uh, or say th these words. Uh, it's uh, a special way of chanting, and you just put in your own words for y your purpose. It's like really talking to the gods through the fumes. Well, I go back to this in another lecture. Um, and um, so, <coughs> and just, uh, I just got a little <laughs> tote made by a Lacandone woman down here. Um, you can look at that later. So, I additionally to what uh, it, to to the string that was of course uh, uh, invented by the gods and that the god of um, inebriation is called Bor. Bor is uh, one kind of wild cat, and uh, he went in the forest into the forest and took a tree and fermented it. And all the gods died immediately. It was too strong. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and a fatal overdose. I mean, and, and this doesn't fit with our concept of gods and goddesses, because they uh, cannot die. And uh, only Bor survived. And because he survived, he could revitalize uh, re re the gods and goddesses, and then he said, oh, this uh, tree is too strong. It kills even the gods and goddesses. And so he reduced the poisonous part of it and uh, turned it into a cottagen, into a plant which can be only uh, be found in culture. So uh, this plant, it's, uh, uh, it's a leg leguminose tree, a little one. Uh, it's uh, called Lanchocarpus mulosales. That tree uh, is named uh, Baoche, and Baoche means the essence of the forest. And, and that uh, they mainly use to ferment uh, this drink with um, um, honey, basically. And uh, even the honey can be uh, psychoactive. Have you ever heard of psychoactive honeys? Have you ever... Uh, anybody tried one? Uh, no, 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 that's not uh, the psychoactive honey. Yeah, uh, maybe you will see them here in this area. It's small black bees without a sting. And they uh, collect uh, different plant groups uh, in different times. And sometimes the honey they produce is really psychoactive. I... I uh, 
I had it a few times because it's very rare to get. And uh, the first time I had it, I didn't know. So I went to, uh, to one Lachan Brown friend and he said, Oh, I just got some real nice honey. Would you like some? I said, Of course. So I took uh, a spoonful, I mean, a big spoonful. And after 10 minutes, I got such a hit. <laughs> I didn't take anything. Oh, shit, as must be in the honey. So this is what they always talk about. And uh, that is why the bees are very present and very important in Mayan art. In uh, Yucatan, <coughs> especially in the site of Koba, you can see the bee gods coming down from heaven, and they taught uh, the people how to use honey to get high. So that there is an exchange. Well, can you say something? People are interested in this topic. Um, Jonathan and I published a good paper on hydroactive honeys in the Journal of, Ec of uh, Economic Botany yeah. um, about a year. Yeah, 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 I have that. But just said, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, but um, almost nobody had ever taken some. And there's reports of psychoactive honey from all over the world. So there is a... a, a um, from Yucatan, uh, that is the very lowland Mayan area, uh, we know that uh, um, the shamans use uh, the honey collected from uh, Olumiqui, from Turbina Corimbasa that contains herbs of uh, LSD-like compounds. And uh, then they also use magical spells uh, to enhance the drink, and in these, these spells you call in all the animals and plants which are considered to be poisonous. And you ask them to put the essence of that poison into the drink. So if your magic is good, then the drink is good. Well, I learned all that stuff, uh, but uh, we don't uh, have the time now to get in there. Uh, but... Uh, Going back to the ceremony, so when all the people sitting in the circle and drinking, then uh, if I have a special request from the gods, I go to incense burners. This is uh, a modern one from the Lacan Downs. And um, here you put in the incense and it's just, uh, you just light it. You will see that later. Here we can't do it. And um, then with the fumes, you speak your words. And uh, because everybody is in the same kind of consciousness, it's a collective thing, uh, it will be enhanced. It's like the, uh, the, the healthy people give their power to the unhealthy ones and so on. It's uh, like most uh, circle rituals done in the world with uh, involving psychoactives. And um, oh, this I need later. Um, uh, the incense burners they used here in Palenque you can see in the museum. They are very big and they were, uh, there were hundreds of thousands of incense burners. And uh, next to the steps to, uh, to the pyramids, they were uh, set. And uh, they must have been used tons of incense. 
And uh, so, um, well, to give you a picture, <coughs> all these buildings, and there is so many, you can walk for uh, a mile or more into that direction, uh, and you have other buildings and so They were all covered by a, a kind of um, lime, and they were all painted in uh, the typical Mayan paint. It's basically uh, earth paintings uh, using uh, pigment, mineral pigments. Um, and the colors were mainly, well, you can see in the uh, museum, they were um, like red, reddish, ochre, and um, uh, what we call the Maya blue. That's a composition very difficult to um, uh, fabricate. Uh, it's made out of different minerals. And um, so the whole thing looked like a psychedelic trip already. And then with all the fumes, and uh, then with uh, all the uh, other um, inebriating substances they go around here, even in our hotel ground, we have at least five different plants that are psychoactive. Nobody noticed. I may point them out uh, sometime. And um, then uh, if you look at uh, the presentations of uh, the Mayan gods and priests, it, it's unbelievable. It, uh, uh, so when people came here, like uh, somebody who uh, w was ill and wanted to get uh, healing, they were just blown away from uh, the look of that place. And um, then uh, they could uh, go to uh, the diviners and to the physicians and so on. And the Mayas, they had a very, very good knowledge how to use uh, plants. <coughs> And uh, many still have. Uh, the Lacandones know a lot how to use the plants, and uh, especially in uh, Yucatan, especially in the state of Quintana Roo, there's a lot of shamans. They still know a lot uh, for all kinds of different purposes, not only for healing, but also to get high or to get inside and uh, so on. One of their, um, their favorite um, entheogens was Datura, the thorn apple, and uh, they still use it, and uh, ololiqui, uh, the turbina corimbasa, and also the, and so on. And um, if you see uh, the panels and so from the Mayas, they always, uh, the priests, they had uh, headdresses made out of wood, basically, with feathers and shells and so on. Um, I actually brought one shell. This uh, is the holy uh, shell of the Mayas. If you want, I can put it around. I just got it in Veracruz because it's a shell from the uh, Gulf of Mexico. The oh. shell? Oh. That's a uh, turbinella. Did he use it as a... Instrument yeah, they, they, they uh, use the shell uh, uh, mainly as a trumpet. They cut off uh, what is called the apex. And uh, uh, in these days when they do these uh, inebriating rituals, collective rituals, they blow the shell so 
people know, oh, something is going on. And if you want to attend, you can come. It's not uh, that you have to. You may do it to partake in it and so on. And um, the shell is also the symbol of uh, evolution uh, of the universe. And uh, maybe you have heard uh, some stuff uh, of um, the Mayan calendar. Um, first of all, 2012 is not the point. We even don't know how really to correlate the Mayan calendar with ours. There's different uh, perspectives on it. Uh, the calendar uh, uh, showed that uh, there is a constantly evolution uh, starting going back to the same point but in a different way. And um, so at the end, the shell is open, and we don't know what happens then. And uh, that is uh, like what people think, oh, there is uh, the end of the world or so. I don't believe in the end of the world because I don't who knows. Many prophets uh, told us already, and they all failed. There's not one prophecy in history that uh, became true. And... Um, the, the Mayan calendar was uh, like a shell, very much. And from that calendar, uh, uh, some of the priests did divination. And uh, that is uh, <coughs> obviously uh, what uh, many people did here in Palenque. And um, we don't exactly know much of it. We know how they divine in these days. We uh, uh, have uh, in some Mayan ethnic group uh, groups of the people called the day keepers, and the day keeper is uh, more like a consult consultant you go to if you have a problem, if you don't know uh, should I do this or that or uh, whatever, you go to him and uh, then he uses a calendar and like tarot cards I mean they have no meaning at all it's uh, what you put in and uh, it's like more a, a consultation and a psychotherapy thing so uh, they use uh, some tools to get into a, a deep conversation with a person who needs help and uh, I think that is true for every kind of uh, divining tools that uh, they use as triggers to get into a, a good, deep uh, conversation and uh, help people with what you say. And uh, that's why they say, oh, this is a good uh, diviner and that's a bad one, because the good one uh, has more skill to get into your psyche. It's like, oh yeah, she can do a good tarot reading and she not. It's the same thing. And uh, or if you do uh, the coca oracle, uh, throwing leaves and read them, so-called, and uh, or uh, the bone oracle, what is uh, famous in South Africa, uh, it's all the same thing. It's uh, it's an outside trigger for an internal process. And uh, what we learned from uh, the um, left uh, 
gatekeepers, they do that way. And uh, that's fantastic because it really helps the people. And um, that is uh, one thing I'm uh, very sure from the uh, archaeological remains here that it took place here a lot. And uh, it also looks like that uh, this was one of the astronomical centers. Uh, archaeologists believe that the tower, you can't see here now, but uh, uh, in Lacandon mythology, the, the tower in the palace here is uh, the house of the sun. And uh, archaeologists believe that this is, uh, was an observation, uh, observatory to uh, look at the stars. And uh, the astronomy of the uh, Maya was unbelievable. They uh, uh, really could uh, picture the cause by the day. And so the days became very important. And if you get into the Mayan calendar, uh, that is, uh, has been used in all these inscriptions here for um, putting dates, then uh, you have always a connection to animal spirits or plant spirits or uh, planetary spirits and so on. And uh, then they always said, we have many souls. One soul is uh, the animal soul that lives as an animal in the forest. So you connect it to the forest automatically. That's the wild part. Does any uh, one of you know what is your soul, your animal soul? Yeah. Do you know? Wild, wild boar. A wild boar, great. Yeah, somebody got a mosquito and they very much ashamed to tell. <laughs> and um, it, the, the animal spirit is very important because that's your connectedness to nature, to the wild nature. And um, because of that, uh, you learn a lot uh, about uh, ecology in, uh, when you get raised up and uh, you feel related to the forest it's not the green hell this is the forest is the world the, the Mayan name for world is Kash and Kash means forest and um, that brings me to the end now here was the creation of the world, but this is not the center of the world, it's the navel. Like if you uh, look at your body, your navel is not the center, the heart is the center. So, when the gods built this all, uh, they got bored again, and then they went into the forest, to this place, what is called Yashchilan. You have heard of that, I'm sure. Some have been there. It's an enchanting place. And if you want to complete your Palenque experience, you have to go there, unfortunately, because Yashilan is the center of the world. And the big pyramid in the center of Yashilan is the house of uh, the main gods. And in there is a statue of the main god. And 
there is the place when you look into heaven there is what they call the consciousness of heaven and I uh, oh I, I get Shazi I think I have no idea goosebumps goosebumps or whatever <laughs> if I just think about uh, because <laughs> if there is a very serious case of illness the Lacandons still go there into the main temple because there is the shortest connection to the center of heaven to the universal mind which uh, is uh, keeping everything alive oh. yeah um, I don't know what Oh, yeah, this I need later. Um, so, uh, please explore this place by yourself. Forget archaeology. Go after your heart. Uh, it's big. And uh, I uh, never do like a tour. Uh, I will be in um, the plaza over there. Do you see uh, uh, this pyramid? That is uh, that one. That's uh, the house of the smoking god. That's the most shamanic place in this area. And uh, shortly uh, before the site closes, I give a little talk on the smoking god and on smoking. Um, uh, I think we have to be out at five. So uh, uh, half past four. And uh, usually there's only uh, a few people left uh, when I uh, arrive there. But uh, it's very interesting. And uh, please try uh, to walk up the pyramids over there because uh, inside the temples on top is very beautiful artwork. Very, very nice. And uh, that's the main part to me. Let me go, please. Just you have to go. <laughs> oh, just I have to go. Okay, uh, we will find uh, a few more minutes somewhere, maybe outside or so, if you're still interested. Sure. Uh, ah, that really brings back a lot of fond memories. Unfortunately, they're not the kind of memories you want recorded in an MP3 file, if you know what I mean, but fun nonetheless. After hearing Christian's talk again, I can think of about a dozen things right now I'd love to talk to you about, but I think this program has probably gone on long enough, so uh, I want to thank Christian for his great insights, Shatul Hayuk for their fine music, Mateo for the recording, and all of you for being here with us in the Psychedelic Salon. And yes, I do remember that my last podcast, I told you that this program would be a feature by Bruce Damer, and obviously that didn't happen. But hopefully we'll have Bruce here with us in the next edition of the Psychedelic Salon. For now, I'm Lorenzo, signing off from Cyberdelic Space. Be well, my friends. <laughs>